Amen. Amen. Oh, wow. Where do we start? We're going to talk about setting and maintaining your course. Okay, which is something we need to do and something, you know, we're not always brought up in that, uh, in that uh, programming. Uh, I certainly wasn't as a kid, but, you know, once you get into the Word of God and you hear the Word of God and you understand the Word of God, then you need to know that we set our course, but then we need to hold it. And I know, I'm sure everybody in here, you've set a course at one time or another, and we didn't hold it, did we? <laughs> it, we just didn't hold it for whatever reason, okay? Things come against us. But according to the Word of God, we can set our course, and things are going to come against us. Jesus made us very aware of that, that you know you are going to have tribulation, but just stay on course because I overcome everything. So we need to know that our life is in Him, okay? And of course... I'm probably going to put in a little, because I've been in construction, we're going to put in a little bit of that, and it's going to come from that aspect on, on, on everything that we do. Because when you know what a foundation is supposed to do, then you understand why you need to have one. Okay? Um, the people out in California, as far as their earthquakes and that, they're not real sure about their foundations out there. Okay? Florida, we're a little bit better. We've got to worry about the hurricanes. But other than that, I'll, I'll take that. Okay, we, at least we know they're coming. But nonetheless, so we're going we're gonna to talk about the foundation of, of setting and maintaining our course. All right? Let's go to Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Matthew 7. And you're going to have to bear with me here because I'm going to have to jump here. 7. Twenty-four through twenty-seven. All right. And Jesus is speaking, and he says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock or upon a good foundation, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of his house. So it's important that we have a good foundation. Okay? Uh, here in Florida we have sand, okay? We build on sand. But nonetheless, if you secure the foundation and you know how to change and shift that foundation, you can make sure that the house is stable. But what we want to know is the foundation is the key to the support of the structure, okay? And it is the safety and the insurance that the building's not going to go anyplace. And God's Word, just like Jesus said, these sayings of mine, if you keep them and you operate in them, then your foundation will be secure. In other words, He is our foundation. He spoke that. He told us He was the chief cornerstone, the master builder, all of that. And it's for our lives that we can build our lives and that we can be ready for the storms. Anybody never had a storm in your life? No, we've all had them, haven't we? Some have been worse than others, but we've all had them. But if you're grounded 
then you can go back to the foundation. You can always go back and, and a lot of houses get demolished in storms, but they always have the foundation and they can build another house on top of that foundation because the foundation was secure. And it, that's no different than our lives that we can rebuild our lives in any situation that you come into. Uh, and of course, you know, a lot of people have worse storms than we've had, but if you secure that foundation and you stay in that foundation, that will help you in situations that you might not have to deal with as bad as situations as other people because we keep our confession in our mouth. Amen? I mean, that's what we need to do, isn't it? We're going to set our life on its course, and you set your life on, it, on, on its course by what you speak out your mouth. You believe it in your heart, and just like a proverb says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Because if it's in your heart, it's going to come out your mouth. That's just, that's just life. It's going to come out your mouth sooner or later, okay? Whether you're upset with something or whatever, you need to keep it in and address it on the inside with the Word of God so that you don't have to let it come out, okay? Has anybody slipped with their mouth? Yeah, once too often, right? Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we, wanna, we want our life to, to, first of all, we want our life to exemplify our Lord and Savior, okay? We want to be that example that He's called us to be. So it's important that we stay hooked up with that foundation, all right? He told us again, He was the foundation, and we need to build our life or our house upon that foundation, the other thing is, you know that there's many rooms in a house. Okay, if you get into your life and you check, there's many areas of your life that you need the Word of God to be the foundation. And we're going to take a look at a few of them, but all of the Word is all of our foundation for all of our life. Okay, Jesus said that. He made that clear. Uh, you know, and there's a lot of people that don't believe that. There's a lot of people don't act on that. And they'll end up with what they, what they have. And people will, you know, they'll, they'll stop and ask you if they know you're a Christian. They'll, well, what about, and you share with them. They say, well, you know, it's, that's kind of hard for me to swallow. That's fine. You just need to chew on it a little bit more and then you'll be able to swallow it. But it's important that we take it, okay? Um, Again, we have the many rooms. There's salvation, there's healing, our relationships, our prosperity, our character. And we can go on and on and on with these things. But it's important that we desire to build that foundation under each and every one so that part of our life can be maintained and be an example of our Lord and Savior and who our God is. Amen? All right, let's take a look at Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. Okay, we're going to look at, we're, first part of it, we're going to look at our, at our healing and our, in our health situation, okay? Oh, we lost it again, okay, hang on, I'll get there. I need to take my code off my, everybody's probably got this one memorized anyhow, but we'll, we'll read it for Isaiah, did I say Isaiah 53, right? If I had my old iPad, I could do this quicker, but 
Bear with me. All right. Four and five. And we know this is, if, if you've ever been taught healing, this is probably one of the first scriptures that you hear. Okay? When, I know when we got into church, it was one of the first ones that we, were, we heard when we were being taught about our, our healing and our health. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs, and he's carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we, Isaiah said, are because he was previous to Jesus, but now it is were, and, you know, we'll jump over there. But anyhow, he tells us what actually went on, that Jesus came. Anything that you've had, any calamity, any kind of disease, any kind of sickness, any kind of an accident, that we've been redeemed from that. And if we'll take this word, and people say, well, well, you know, how do you get over this? You go back to that word, and you meditate on that word. That is your foundation for what you're going through. Get it secured so that you know it inside out, that it's the first thing that comes out of your mouth when you hear anything about sickness or disease. That should be the first thing, or, or 1 Peter 2.24, either one of them. It's the same scripture that God spoke. He spoke it through Isaiah, and he spoke it through Peter. But it's important that we know that, and we know that the griefs and the sorrows, the griefs are, they go with the sin, and, and the sorrow goes with the, the grief goes with the, I'm sorry, the sickness, and the sorrow goes with the, the effects of that. So he's not only has he covered the sickness, He's also covered the effects of that sickness. People say, well, you know, I'm stuck with this because... No, you're not stuck with it. You've been redeemed from that. You need to know that. You need to step into that. Get that confession alive on the inside so that you can change that. Things are changeable by the Word of God because the Word of God will not change. It will never change. This whole world will pass away, but His Word will remain and it will stay intact. Amen? That's why it's so important that we stay in it. And people say, well, you know, I, I, I don't care. Do what you want to do, but you'll be subject to whatever you get. And it's how important is your life to you? How important are your loved ones? How important is all that you're doing and taking care of? How important is that to you? Or are you just going to be happy-go-lucky and just get what you get? I mean, you know. Our foundation for healing and health, you know, we, we need to inspect our foundations, just like we do in the, in the industry. You need to inspect your foundation. You need to go back. Is, is the foundation I have for healing, is it correct? Is it the one I want? Do I need to upgird it? I mean, we have all kinds of scriptures. I mean, uh, they got the 101 scriptures for healing. I mean, certainly you, you don't have all them under your belt. But it's important that we get them. And what you need to know is as you learn those and meditate on those scriptures, the Holy Ghost can pull those scriptures up, okay? And that's the key to it. When you come into a situation and you spend time with God and it, you think and you think you had a thought, it's not a thought. The Holy Ghost has given you something to stand on. And He's going to secure that foundation for you so that you can stand on it and get through this situation. You don't want your house falling apart you want it to stand in the storm. 
And we're talking our physical house, and it's a house because we live in it. The spirit man lives in this house. And if the house gets broken down, one, it can get repaired by the Word of God. Two, it can get restored by the Word of God. You can do a complete restoration. You know, anybody that watches HGTV, you watch them go in there and they take a, a demolished old building and they turn it into something spectacular. It's possible. The Word can do anything. People don't. If you get a hold of the principles of the Word of God and how to access his promises, because they're all yes and amen in Christ Jesus. You need to know that. Everything that he's put in here is for you. It's for other people, but it's written explicitly to you as a person, okay? To your spirit man. And he's letting you know you can mend this, you can do this. If you have any kind of financial situation, he can mend that and tend to and take care of that. Has anybody had one? I have. I had an ugly one, and you know what? I stuck with God, and we, we came through it. In fact, I didn't even share it with anybody, but we came through it because of the Word and because of God's faithfulness, okay? And He's like the, he's like the, the flotation device in the ocean. If you're the only one on it, yeah. hang on to it, okay? And he'll, he'll bring you through it as long as you hang on to Him. But when you let go of it, then you're in trouble, all right. First Peter two twenty four. It's the same scripture. Okay. Let's just take a quick look at it, so we know where it's at. First Peter twenty four. It's down at the bottom. It says, and this is how it was put. First Peter two twenty four. Who his own self bore our sins in his body on the tree. Tell you what, just take a minute sometime when you're, when you're before the Lord and just think about that. Okay? He bore our sins on his body. Not just, not just ours, not just the body of Christ. Everybody's. Just think about that, okay? Whew. Wow. That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness and by whose stripes we were healed. Okay? So it's important that we know that we were healed. Doesn't matter what comes at you. Doesn't matter what you get. You've already been healed is what the Word of God says. In the Old Testament it talks about let no man say that I am sick. Yes, you might have a symptom. You might have something on you. But don't take it to you. Don't take it to you like a prize, okay? No. You speak healing. You speak the healing scriptures to your body. Yeah, take something if you need to. But keep, keep taking that word as if it was your medicine, okay? In fact, I don't know if we have any books, but Brother Hagen wrote a book, God's Medicine, and that's what he's talking about, that that word is, and whether... It is, just like with Brother Hagin. He lived his whole life with a hole in his heart. Never had a problem with it after he, after he got healed. He still had the hole, but God, it was a, what I think they call it an ongoing miracle, okay? But he had the hole in his heart. A heart shouldn't work with a hole in it. I'm sorry, but it did, okay? But that's why he, and he got a hold of that word. 
And that's the key to life is getting a hold of the word for your foundation that you can build your life on this foundation. And nothing, nothing can come against you and put you down if you don't let it. Problem is the devil talks to you and talks to you and talks to you. And if you don't, if you don't talk to yourself in the word and the word and the word, it's like somebody in an argument. Usually the one that yells the loudest wins the argument. So just make sure you yell louder than the devil. Amen. And it don't matter whether people think you're crazy. They know we're crazy anyhow, but that's okay. I'm good with that. All right. And again, we need to speak and inspect our health and, and what our, our medicine as far as the word of God is that we take, that, that it should be taken daily. Everybody in here probably takes vitamins or supplements, don't they? Take them daily. You don't take them once a year, do you? Or every Sunday or every Wednesday. No. No, we don't have to, okay? Here's the deal. We all have an expiration date. The only thing is the devil wants to expedite your expiration date, and you can't let him, okay? Because it's up to you. And people say, well, you know, it was there. No. Your time is when you decide to go. If I go into a restaurant, sit down and eat, unless they run me out, when I'm done eating, then it's my time to go, and I'll choose when I'm going to leave. That's all it amounts to. So don't let the devil push you out before it's your time. Amen? And it doesn't matter what kind of shape you're in. Don't let him push you out unless you're ready. He doesn't have the right. He doesn't have the authority. And that's part of our foundation that we need to know and stand on. They didn't push Jesus out. They didn't kill him. He gave his life up, okay? And he was very, very adamant about that. You, you're not going to kill me. How many times did they try to? And he walked right by him, and they couldn't touch him. They couldn't lay a hand on him until he was ready. And you know what? Us leaving our bodies isn't going to be that bad if you're going to heaven. Amen? It's going to be good. Too many people have went there and come back and said they wish they had stayed. <laughs> And it's up to you to maintain your home, okay? It's up to us to maintain our home. We need to tend to it. 1 Timothy 4.8. Let's take a look at that. There's a little, there's a scripture we'll look at there and it talks about, talks about, uh, make sure I get it right. 1 Timothy 4.8. It says, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that is now is and that which is to come. So in other words, if we'll stay with godliness, and yeah, you should exercise. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying you shouldn't exercise because we need to exercise, okay, for our bodies here so that we can stay here as long as we need to. But he's saying godliness is more profitable because it's profitable to all things. In other words, it will cover your whole house, not just your physical part. And it's important that we do that. All right. And that just comes from meditating on the word. That's your strength. Okay. It's going to be health uh, in your heart, which is your, your soul and your spirit to produce the body. And consistency is the key in anything that we do. Exercise. If you're consistent, you'll end up with a decent body. 
That's why mine's in the shape it's in. I wasn't that consistent with it. <laughs> you know, you think, you think work's exercise, but it's not exercise. That's called work, okay? That's why it's called work. It's not exercise. But anyhow, and consistency is a key in anything that we do. Meditating on the Word, speaking the Word to yourself. You know, we should always be talking the Word to ourselves. If you're in traffic, you really need it, okay? But <laughs> that's where you want the love and joy and the peace. But sometimes it, uh, yeah. But anyhow, we want to, uh, and he does say bodily exercise profit a little, but godliness is the key, okay? Godliness is the key that's going to keep us where we need to be. All right, let's take a look at Philippians 4.19. We're going to take a look at the other, one of the other rooms in the house, which is prosperity, which, you know, a lot of people say that God doesn't want you to be prosperous, but Philippians 4.19. Oh, we're back. All right. Anyhow. All right, well, I'll read it up there then. He says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's something you need to get alive on the inside of you. You know, you can't read it off the page one day and think it's going to work the next day. It's a principle and it is a spiritual force that needs to operate from your spirit man. That's, that's everything in the Word of God. It's a spiritual force and it needs to be made alive, okay? It's kind of like your, your car, if the battery goes dead, you need to put the charger on it. And you meditating on the Word, staying in the Word, staying in the presence of God, praying in the Holy Ghost, it's going to charge your battery so that when you speak that, it comes out with some power and some authority. You've been given that authority, and usually when, when we first heard it, it's getting it through your thick head that Jesus has given me this authority. I need to operate and function in it. Okay? It's, and it would be no different than a new job that they put you in authority over people and you've never been in that position. You need to work your way into it so that you can operate and function and do what you've been called to do. But it's important that we get it alive on the inside. And it says, He shall supply all of our needs according to... How many riches do you think He has in glory? Do you think there's anything lacking in glory? You know, if God paved the streets in gold, I don't think He's lacking anything up there. We're not going to have a need for anything when we get there. But it says He will supply all our needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus, which is the Word. So it's going to come through that Word that you need to speak that and again, it's building that foundation. There's plenty of scriptures in there about prosperity. But you need to get a hold of them and get them alive on the inside of you. You know, that's the whole problem with the church that we've been taught and indoctrinated that you're not supposed to have anything. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. How do you do stuff for people if you don't have anything? We're called to take care of people. That's what the body of Christ is here for. And believe me, it's getting worse and worse. There's more people and more people that need help. Especially with what's going on this day and time. So, and we need to keep that before us or the enemy will come and steal from you for whatever reason. Okay? He's a thief. He comes for three things. He's coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's all he can do. 
And people say, well, you know, the devil's an angel of light. No, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he can do. You can dream and do whatever you want to do and say whatever you want to say about a scripture. It's not the truth. Jesus defined him, and that's all he can do. That is his character. That is his nature as death. And that's all he can do. But he cannot, if you've got your house built on the foundation, he cannot penetrate into your life and into your house. And that is the key. He is your, he's more than, he's more than your Lord and Savior. He's your best friend and he wants the best for you. That's why he's given himself for you in word form so that you can put him on the inside. You know, he, he, he probably, because of all the uh, religions and all the nonsense, when he told his disciples, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood, they, they probably, but they understood the blood covenant. So they understood what he was saying. But we don't live in that day and time, and we don't live in that country where those blood covenants are still as strong as they ever were. And that blood covenant, you need, to, you need to read up on that and find out what kind of covenant you are in, in with God so that you know that he's right there. When you're standing there, he's standing right behind you. That's like Paul said, no one else stood with me. But it said, if you go in and study it, it says Jesus was standing right next to him when he was standing before Agrippa, that he was right there with him. And he's the same way with us. And getting that foundation and that understanding about that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you places that you need to go. We need to know he's right behind you. His word will do what he said he will do. He's not like everybody in politics or even some of our friends that tell you something and they don't have no intention of ever doing it or ever ever following through with it. But we've got a course that we need to set and we need to maintain. And we cannot let the storms of life or we cannot let people get us off that course because people will try and do that. And they might not be doing it on purpose, but they're just, and you know what? And a lot of people, they're used of the devil and they don't even know it. Don't even, that's a good thought. Well, you know, where'd it come from is the question. Okay? And again, God wants you prosperous contrary to all that the people say. That foundation needs to be built like any other. And we need to know, you know what, if something happens and the enemy comes against you, you need to know God's got it covered finance-wise. It'll come from someplace. And you know what? We, we, we get headaches thinking about these things and worrying about them when we don't need to. You know, we need to be able to roll it over onto the Lord, give it to the Lord. You ask him to help you, and he's there to help you. But then we need to do what he tells you to do. He'll give you the, he'll give you the directions. He'll give you the directions to get where you need to be, but we need to follow him. Amen? In my iPad, I don't really like following the directions. I like to know where I'm going and I'll get there. But nonetheless, you got to use it sometimes. <laughs> Let's take a look at Malachi 3, verses 10 through 12. And that is going to be the foundation for prosperity right there. If you don't get a hold of that and, you know, people say, well, that's in the New Testament, not it's coming from the Old Testament or or. It's not in the New Testament. 
No, it's in the Word of God. And if you believe the Word of God, it's from cover to cover. Amen. Anyhow, Malachi 3, verses 10 through 12. It says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed for you will be a delightful land says the Lord of hosts, okay? And you can take that personally. It's not a land, it's you personally. You will be a delightful person or a delightful disciple that we get a hold of that. And people, they just don't get it. Back up to uh, 11, and let's see what it says about the devourer. He says, He will rebuke the devourer for our sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of our ground. We always, you know, if you're, if you're a tither and a giver, you always got fruit in the ground. And it tells us right there that he rebukes the devourer. He cannot come in. Okay? He can try and come in, and that's when you better know what the Word of God says so that you can speak it to that devourer. Because he does not have the right. Okay? You brought your tithe into the storehouse. You've sowed your seed. He doesn't have the right to steal. And you need to stop him. Okay? There again is having it alive on the inside so it comes with that spiritual force that he can't stand against the Word of God. He never could stand against the Word of God and he still can't stand against it but it's got to come from you with the spirit in the, in the life that God's given it for, for him to back off and he has to back off. Amen. It is the foundation for giving and receiving and it starts with the tithe and, and, and then the giving, and then you add to that, okay? Whether maybe, uh, you know, not necessarily sowing seeds in the church meeting, but you, you give to people outside of the building, okay? And it can grow and grow and grow to where you'll have a monstrous house in the, in the financial area, all right? And, and it is the principle, okay? It's the principle. Because in doing this, everything is not monetary, and I know a lot of people, everything's monetary to them. No, it's your life. It's your house and it's your life. Do you want a good life? Then you follow what God said. Okay? Whether it's in healing, whether it's in the finance area, but we need to follow what He said and then we can have the promises that He said. And that's all it is. When you were a little kid, if you'd have done what your parents said, you could have got the cookie. And you wouldn't have had to steal it. Right? <laughs> But no. And then you know what? People say, well, that's ridiculous. No, that takes it to the simplest form. Kids are supposed to be able to be taught and they're supposed to be able to do. And it's the simplest form. And God's made it that way for us because he knows us. <laughs> He's made it simple. We hear, we believe, and we do. You have to believe it, but that's the meditation part of it. You know, the first time you give a tithe, you're a little shaky. But once you get into that and you find out and get it alive on the inside, and then you'll see, hey, hey, this works. This works. We had, a, we had an incident back when we were way back in our other church, and uh, we had to 
course, the IRS was involved. But uh, <laughs> what God had told us was that when they had sent us all these things, and it was, it was just a, a mix-up on, on, the, on the deductions and so on and so forth. But here's all this money. Come, they said, we need to send them, send them this money. And, and God told us, you need to just send it to them. Send it to them. Well, we no more got them in the mail and got them out within like a week. We got two or three checks back totaling up from the IRS. Why, you know, I don't know why God would be in the IRS, but apparently he was in the IRS because we got our money back quick because we needed it because of the business. We weren't, we weren't, uh, we weren't that good a shape at that point in time, but no. But it's rolling it on over and giving it to him and letting him handle it for you and he can produce what he wants to produce for you. Does he want you in debt? No. No. Does he want you behind the eight ball? No. He doesn't. And he's got the way out. And sometimes we just don't ever know about it. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, we beat ourselves up right between these ears because we're trying to figure out how to do it when he's already got it laid out and it's already done for him. Okay? It was, it was done back when he created the earth. He done had your problem solved for you. We just got to get that, get that on the inside of us so that we can walk it on out. Amen? And again, the foundation sets the course for the building. So it's a key that we get our foundation right. Amen? And it's so important. Um, God has a blueprint for you specifically, and it's no different in a, than a house. And if whoever's drawing your plans messes them up, which God doesn't mess your plans up, but I've worked with some plans that are pretty sorry that we had trouble figuring out how to build what we were building, okay? But then you got to go back to the people and ask them, what did, what, did, what did you mean here, okay? No, God's specific about his foundation, okay? And if we follow his foundation, it will be the perfect structure, the perfect house, the perfect life that you want to walk in, okay? And his blueprint is his word. It's that simple. He's got a blueprint for you. And he's had that since the beginning of time. He talks about that. He's known us before we were ever thought about. He's known us and knows who we are. And he has a course set for us. And it's important that we get it in our course is within the pages of cover to cover, but you got to go in and find it. You got to go in and I can't have somebody just hand me a blueprint and me know what it is. I've got to open it up. I got to look at it. I got to investigate it. I got to see what's this and what's that. And that's the same way with the word. You got to get into that word and find out what the blueprint is for your life. And he'll speak to you specifically. Everybody's got a blueprint. It's not all the same blueprint. But they are all specific, and they all offer you. And I would venture to say none of them are identical. Even if you're an identical twin, none of them are identical. Because he's got a different course for different people. And it's important that we get on course. Amen? That we get on course. I don't know who the gentleman was back in history, but when they were traveling across the ocean from the motherland to the United States, they didn't have, they didn't have a, a direct course, but he, he figured out the currents and the wind. He figured that, I'm sure it was the Spirit of God that showed him, but he figured that out and figured out how they could get there quicker and easier 
with a lot less storms. And that's no different than our lives, that we can, we can take this Word of God and we can get a hold of it. And we can, we can you know what, we can have a great life. We're going to have problems, but they're nothing. Jesus said, I overcome them. So just hang with me and we'll, we'll get through them. Amen? Amen. Amen. And he's a very good builder, if you'll let him build. Amen? Amen. God's plan is perfect if you follow it. Okay? It's perfect if you follow it. And know that it's not necessarily a natural plan. Okay? It's a supernatural, spiritual plan. And it's got to emanate within your spirit, within your, the real you. Okay? And of course, you've got to renew your soul. Get your soul trained to go with your spirit and not with the flesh because the flesh is not going to take you anyplace good. All right? And the things that you don't see, know that you can hand them to God or back up. Back up, spend more time in the Word, find out what He needs you to do on them. I mean, we need to give everything to Him to start with. You need, first of all, you need to lay down your life to Him. Okay? Basically, we don't have a life anymore of our own. But we do have a good life. It's a better life than you'll have on your own. So it's important that we do that. But it's important uh, to know and find out what the Word of God says. And everybody, you know, well, you all, you all teach the Word too much. No, we don't. We don't teach it enough. Okay? If your life's perfect, then we've taught you enough. Okay? So it's important. Uh, and, of course, we need to meditate and study. I know everybody don't like to hear that, but it's called a higher education, people. It's that simple. It's a higher education. You can go to college all you want, but God's still higher education. Amen? Amen. Let's take a look at Galatians 5. Yeah, because I'm running out of time. Can't believe that. 5.22 and 23. Galatians 5.22 and 23. All right. This is your foundation on who you are, okay? The real you. Once you were recreated, this is you. And it, it says it's the fruit of the Spirit, but it is us, okay? It says we are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So we can walk in all of that, and we don't need to worry about breaking any laws. Amen. But it takes time to meditate on that. It takes time to read and study that, find out exactly what they are. Of course, Pastor Bob's taught, them, taught us on them a couple times. And, but it's knowing that's you. So when things rise up on the inside of you and you're ready to blast off on somebody, you need to back up. I'm love. I'm joy. I'm peace. Then you throw in a little long suffering and that'll get you through whatever you're dealing with. Okay. And of course, you have kindness, kindness, goodness, and you have the faithfulness and the gentleness, okay, and the self-control. And I think the self-control might be the one that we really need to get a hold of. <laughs> self-control, whatever. Amen? But it's important to know that that is, we need to grow up in that. Okay? Basic, we're all kids, and we all think like kids now and then, but we need to grow up. And that's part of it right there. 
Uh, and this is who we are and this is who we've been called to be. It is our new nature and our character, but it must be developed. Okay? No different than raising a child again. Go back to the kids. The Proverbs talks about that. You know, you'll know a kid by the way he acts. That's pretty much is what it says. You'll know them, whether they're good or whether they're bad. It's by the way they act. And it's because either they've been trained or they haven't been trained. And God's trying to get us trained so that we can walk in all that he's called us to be so that he can have his anointing on you. And you know what? When you walk up to people and they know you're one of God's children. I mean, they just know it. Okay? And it's because of his presence. And it don't come unless we get that foundation. Okay? And this is our character and our nature of who we are. And you know what? Sometimes we just got to bite our tongue. And grab it and growl and go with what the Word of God says and have what the promises are. I mean, is it fun? No, sometimes it's not fun. But it's profitable. That's the key. Is work fun? Not necessarily, but it's profitable. It's profitable. And that's the key. Let's catch this one last scripture here. 2 Corinthians 5.18. And then I'll give you the other one set. I had two other ones, but anyhow. All right. This is the foundation that we need because this is why we are left here. Okay. 2 Corinthians 5.18. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, Jesus is gone now and he reconciled us through Jesus and now it's up to us that we reconcile anybody and everybody that we run into. Yeah, will you run into somebody that don't want to hear it? Yep. But if you're instructed to do it, do it. Do it and smile and walk away. Okay? Because that's what we're here to do. And if we get the foundation right and get that alive on the inside and people, you know, uh, just like when the team goes out, they've got it laid down and, and all the ones that usually go are usually in good shape to do that and it's important that you do. Because are we going to meet ugly people? Yeah, you will. You just keep smiling and keep talking to them, okay? You don't need to get ugly back at them. Just keep talking to them. All right, write these down. Write down 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. I think that's right. Just write it down anyhow. It's good for you. And Mark 11, 23 and 24. Mark 11, 23 and 24. All right? You can have whatsoever you say. Just get it alive on the inside of you, all right? You can change any situation that you encounter. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that will lock this word on the inside of us. We'll keep this word alive on the inside of us, Lord, as long as we meditate on it. We thank you, Lord, that our course has been set by you, but we need to know and find out our course. So we thank you, Lord that you show us our course as we study and, and meditate in these coming weeks. But then that we maintain that course, Lord, that we stay on that course for you, that Jesus walked out his course for us and we endeavor to walk out our course for him. So we thank you, Lord, and give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.